Welcome back to CFO Weekly, where we're talking with financial leaders about how to build efficiency in their teams, create time for strategy, and ultimately get results with your host, Megan Weiss. Let's jump right in. Today, I'm speaking with Robert Bendetti Jr. Robert is a Senior Vice President and CFO of Lifecycle Engineering, LCE. As CFO, he's responsible for all financial operations of the company, as well as contracting, purchasing, marketing, sales operations, and IT. Prior to LCE, Robert served as VP of Finance at Gailey and & Lord and CFO of the Coastal Logistics Group, as well as financial management positions within Lockheed Martin, Hormel Foods, and Hilton Hotels. Robert has an undergraduate degree in finance, an MBA, and a master's of accounting and financial management. Robert is also a certified public accountant, a certified pro-side change management professional, and a certified Six Sigma Greenbelt. Robert's volunteer activities include serving as a member of the Board of Trustee for the Educational Foundation for Women in Accounting, and serving as an advisor to the Board of Directors for the South Carolina Federal Credit Union. Robert is also the president and founder of the Charleston CFO Council and the Upstate CFO Council. Robert, what an awesome background you have. Thank you so much for being with me here today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm I'm honored to be a part of your podcast and appreciate having me on. Yeah, I know when we spoke about potential topics and best practices for today's CFO and business leaders, you were quick to focus in on three specific topics, networking, lifelong learning, and giving back as areas that are often overlooked. Why those three? Well, I think that they're key to my career advancement, and I just feel like I'm living a more fulfilling life by doing those things. They're not necessarily the three things by default I want to do, but I think that they're important things to do, so I kind of forced myself to do it. I just wanted to share things that I think that are helping me. Sure. So let's start with networking. When it comes to networking, it can be difficult to know where to start. What are some tips you would give our listeners as far as events, platforms, or groups that have worked for you? Well, I think it's really important for senior financial executives to get out of their office. And that can mean walking around the plant or visiting customers, or it could just mean attending associations, conferences, civic organizations, or just lunch. We get invited to a lot of stuff, but we're busy and we've got a lot of voicemails and emails and we're so important. Let us act like we can never leave. But I I have a call to action to my fellow bean counters is we do need to leave. And not a lot of people are going to invite you to lunch. And if somebody does, especially if they work at your company or they're a customer or it's worth it. You got to go to lunch. You got to get out of your office. So that's, that's tip number one. And then number two, I think that another networking tip is uh, some people are nervous about public speaking or getting out of the office. And so I, I suggest maybe writing would be a great way to share information. And, and I think even networking by either as simple as a LinkedIn post or submitting an article to a professional journal, you're establishing yourself as a visible expert and it, in a sense, networking. And I, I suggest that. And then third, once you've done that and you build up the confidence a little bit that speaking is a great networking tool and whether you're a part of a panel discussion, those are pretty easy 
or you're speaking on a topic you're very familiar with at a CPE event, you got to go anyway, so you might as well speak, or even just teaching financial management to your coworkers, your employees, or your community, I think speaking is another great way to network. Yeah, I like those tips, especially the one about writing. I know some of us are shy and, and don't necessarily like to put ourselves out there, but you're right. Even writing can be a great way to network. And as we both know, networking is so much more than just showing up and talking to a few people. So what are some of the best practices you can share for getting the most out of networking opportunities? Yeah, that's a great point. And quick things that come to mind is many people, when they go to an event, they do get out of their office. They're, they're going to sit at a table where they know somebody. Don't do that. Sit at a table where you don't know anybody and introduce yourself. Just stand up and say who name is and where you work and what you do. The other people at the table aren't going to be embarrassed by that or put off. They're actually going to be thinking, oh, thank God, somebody talked. I've just been staring at my shoes for 10 minutes. And the people will appreciate that you broke the ice. When you're at that event, like a CPE event, you're at, you should sit next to people you don't know. So don't, don't go sit with your coworkers or the one person you had lunch with that you know at the conference. Sit at the CPE event with people you don't know. You get, get there a couple minutes early and introduce yourself there. Say, hey, hey, my name's whatever, what you do. And then third, I have found, because all this is difficult, I find all this hard, but I've, I've found that when I'm at that event, when I'm networking to help break the ice, another thing I do is I wear something distinctive. It could be a brooch on a blouse, a lapel pin on a sports coat, a bow tie, a family heirloom, just something interesting, jewelry or some accoutrement to your outfit. It's a great way to like break the ice. Somebody else with a bow tie will come over and say, hey, nice bow tie or a beautiful brooch on your blouse. Somebody will come over and go, wow, that's really cool. Is where'd you get that? Or if you have a sports team or a favorite animal, just something distinctive. It helps break the ice, give you something to talk about when you do introduce yourself or you're out and about. Yeah, I guess a good way to also make yourself memorable to, to those you do speak with. Yeah. Okay, so let's switch gears for a minute and talk about lifelong learning. So what does it mean to you to be a lifelong learner? I think there was a period of time where getting an undergraduate degree and a graduate degree was enough. And I don't believe that's the case. If it ever was, it certainly isn't the case now. There's just yeah. so much changing so fast. And uh, any senior level financial executive position, you need to pursue your CPA and or your CMA. But you should pursue sort of professional certifications to begin with. And then I would also put in there, once you've that sort of basic level hurdle of a professional certification, you should also consider a change management certification. There are many, and I think all are good, but I think that's another great tool to have in your tool belt as a senior financial executive. A lot has changed and a lot will change, and having some professional education in that sphere I think is really important. And then lastly, in the lifelong learning, I think I've learned the most when I was forced to teach something. And so by volunteering to teach at work or at a CPE event or in your community, I think you gain a lot because you have to be so prepared to teach others. 
Yeah, I, I think that's great advice. Um, and I know we touched on this a little bit already, but why do you think lifelong learning is important? And how do you think it's played a, a part in your personal story and growth? I know you have some uh, impressive certifications and uh, experience behind your name. I think it's had a, an enormous impact on me professionally. It is the idea of life learning. I'm, I'm a non-traditional path to becoming a CPA. I got my undergrad in finance and then an MBA in entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship. And I, whether I started my own business or I worked for another company, I just liked that mindset and was working my way up through to the manager director level. And then I realized to be the CFO, a lot of the job descriptions said CPA preferred or CPA required. And I had never worked for a CPA firm. I've never in my life worked for a CPA but I was going to need that certification to get that next level. And so I applied to take the test, but they changed the rules and you needed a master's degree in accounting to just take the test. So even though I had an MBA, I had to go back to school again and get another master's degree mm-hmm. just so I could sit for the CPA exam. And it was like a three-year journey, two years for the master's of accounting and then a year of taking the CPA exam. You, you take, well, I took one test every three months for, for the, a year to pass. And that, that, that was a three-year journey, but I learned a lot. I didn't know. There's a reason they make you study uh, to take the CPA exam. It's hard. Yes, it and is. And I, I learned a lot and I got that CPA. And not only did I pick up new skills, but now when I applied for that job that said CPA preferred, I had it. And I think that helped me filter through the interview process so I could be considered for these senior roles. And so since it's had such a big impact, a positive impact on my life, it's something I promote to everyone who listen. In any role, in any position, at any company, you should pursue lifelong learning and professional certifications. It'll help really differentiate you between the crowd. Yeah, and I feel like when we stop learning, we stop growing as people. And uh, yeah, I, I, lifelong learning is something that I'm a true believer in as well. So lastly, let's talk about giving back. Given the state of the world, this feels particularly important right now. Why is it so important that we give back to the community? Yeah, there are a lot of people that need a lot of help right now. And uh, there's a couple of quotes. One is from Ralph Waldo Emerson that I've, I really liked. Do not go where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. And then also as a believer in the, uh, the Old Testament and Proverbs, it says the generous man will be prosperous and he who waters will himself be watered. And I, I feel like I'm called to help others. And I think we're all, as we are able, when we're able, how we're able, called to help other people. And I, I think that that includes giving back our time and our talents. And as senior financial executives, we got a lot. We, we have a, a business acumen, a financial acumen that is important for a lot of organizations and people. And I feel like I'm called to do my best to help others. And, and I don't live up to that standard all the time. And it's, I'm speaking to myself here. Please don't, I hope I'm not coming off as lecturing. No, you know, you're, you're just present. All. I'm lecturing to myself and you're just present during this self-talk, but I think it, it is really important. And uh, you know, Forbes recently came out with a, an analysis and said that 60% of Americans have less than $1,000. Wow. 
And there's a lot of emergencies that pop up, even pre-pandemic that's going on right now that cost more than a thousand. And there are 71% of people think they're financially, but when quizzed, only a third of them pass a basic financial management quiz. So I actually took that quiz before I given you this quote. I thought I better be able to pass. <laughs> I can report that I t- I got a hundred and was able to answer all the questions. It was it was interesting. It was uh, on compound interest and how interest rates affect bond prices and diversification in your portfolio, etc. But there's a lot of people that are hurting financially, and education and sharing knowledge can can really help. Certainly, our money. And we should be donating to worthy causes, but also our time and our talents. So that's a call to action to me that Robert Bendetti needs to be doing a better job of giving my time and talents because people need the help. Yes, they certainly do. So we all know it feels good to give back, but what are some of the benefits of being charitable from a professional perspective? I found that it's improved my writing and my public speaking. You know, the, the nonprofits and the, the civic and uh, organizations, community organizations, they'll let anybody volunteer and speak about anything. And so, man, if you've never done it before, hoping for somebody to give you the chance to write about something or speak about something, a nonprofit certainly will. And again, that learning by teaching, I've, uh, my wife and I have taught financial management before. And while we're doing it on that journey of teaching, we're learning and I think also another benefit of giving back is being a visible expert. You're out there in the community being visible. You're helping, but you're also benefiting by that. It's a great networking opportunity. And not only is it the unknown people that in your community, that is great. And we should be doing that, but even just at our own companies, the every senior financial executive, and we have a, a team of people that work for us and our team members have different backgrounds in financial management. And there's a real benefit to the company by us as senior financial experts trying to help raise that employee financial literacy. It could be just one-on-one mentoring. It could be a series of coaching. It could be a series of writings. But I think there's a corporate benefit of doing that. As you raise the bar of financial literacy, even on a personal level with your team members, they can't help. But then that translates to their business acumen. And then finally, I think that as society, you know, society needs increased financial literacy. That's good for all us taxpayers. The more of us that are asking questions about not only personal financial responsibility and corporate financial responsibility, but maybe the governments need to have a fiscal responsibility. So it's like an unlimited number of benefits. Yes, for sure. So how can we go about getting involved in our communities? I know we've touched on this a little bit, but what's some advice you can give for ways to get involved? I get three that came to mind. One is with the AICPA and the INA. So those are the two governing bodies for the CPA and the CMA. The AICPA and the IMA are great organizations. They have a fantastic policies and procedures and and they have done all the hard heavy lifting so you can just if you you feel called to help that's a great place to reach out to the AICPA or the IMA local regional national and throw your hand out up and just ask it where they need volunteers number 2 
in your local community, the United Way, the Chamber of Commerce, the charity of your choice locally, they are actively looking for volunteers on boards with a financial background. Every single nonprofit board needs a financial person on the board or on the finance committee, and they, they need you and they need me. And that's, a, that's another great way to get involved. And the third would be faith-based organization, your church, your mosque, your synagogue, whatever it is, all faith-based organizations, they're out there in the community with food banks and, and all kind of outreach. And so whatever your faith is, that faith-based organization would be another great way to get involved. Yeah, great advice. And lastly, as busy finance professionals, it can be very easy for us to say that we just don't have time for these quote unquote extra things. Why would you argue that we should make the time? Well, also, I'm going to argue with the premise. I think that's a lie. People think they're busy. They're not. They just have chosen other places to invest their time. Five to six hours a day on leisure is what the average person spends uh, how they spend their time, TV, phone calls, social media, reading, sports, video games. There's five to six hours a day right there. And just the social media alone is two hours a day. So you could take the average person, instead of spending two hours on social media complaining about something, you could spend two hours a day actually supporting the charity and making real change in this world instead of virtue signaling. And so I think that that's, that's a real specific call to action. Again, not to I'm not even speaking to the listeners. I'm talking to myself that got to get off the TV and the phone and the YouTubes and the video games and actually get out in this world and make it a better place. Yeah, especially these days, there's just so many people on social media and uh, yeah, they're doing a lot of talking, but not a lot of doing. So I think that's really, really good advice. Robert, thank you so much for joining me today. I've thoroughly enjoyed speaking with you and learning about the importance of networking, lifelong learning, and giving back. Thank you, Megan. This was a pleasure. I appreciate you very much for having me on your podcast, and I've enjoyed it uh, just listening to it. You're doing a great job. Well, thank you. And to all of our listeners, I hope you have enjoyed today's topic as much as I did. And until next week, I wish you all safe and pleasant days ahead. If you're ready to boost efficiency and streamline your accounting processes at significant cost savings, it's time to talk with Personiv. Their people-powered solutions have transformed the delivery of back office tasks and general accounting functions for decades, partnering with clients to provide everything from accounts payable to payroll services. See what Personiv can do for you by visiting personiv.com. You've been listening to CFO Weekly presented by Personiv. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to hear all of our episodes. Want to learn more? Check out personiv.com. Thanks for listening.